Tips. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before Hello, love Hello, Hello love Howdy Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone Hello, love Glad you're here Hello, love Make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long. Come in love. Indeed, that's the way that Mr. Slider and I feel every Come morning. We hope that you make yourself feel right at home. Come on in, sit down, set, set a spell, as they say. Come on in and set a spell. Spend some time with us here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, Randy Chamberlain's here. Was it raining when you came in still? No. No. Okay. No. Uh, heavy rain early this morning when Bob came in. Light rain when I came in. I think most of the rain is gone. And Adam Fike says that we think it's pretty well out of the area now. It's going to be a little bit overcast. And then when the, the clouds fade away, sunny. Temperatures will drop during the day. Get down to uh, the low 50s later in the day. Stay in the 50s for the next couple of days with sunshine most of the day into and through the weekend. 61, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 61 at the Highlands. 59 at my home studios in Elm Grove, where I'm not, and 60 degrees. You're dropping here, pal. We're dropping quick, Howard. Yes, we're down to 60. here at the Robinson Autograph Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Randy Chamberlain coming up in a minute or two. To next hour, we're going to talk about anti-Semitism a bit. Rabbi Joshua Lee from the Temple Shalom is going to begin. There was a uh, – Bill Ehlenfeld put on a uh, – and actually it was, it was both northern and southern West Virginia. Uh, Will Thompson, the southern uh, district attorney, uh, had a seminar on anti-Semitism, a town hall, if you will, last week. And I read some stuff there, and I wanted to talk to Rabbi Leaf about that. So he's coming in. And then we will talk about um, how there's already an effort underway to try to reverse the vote on Tuesday night that would have allowed in Ohio access to abortion and med uh, recreational marijuana. And uh, from the Ohio Capital Journal, David DeWitt, is going to join us. So that's what I have for you. What do you have for me? You can always use the Frio Stack Auction Service text line 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. You can call too, 304-232-8255, 304-232-TALK. I was mentioning last hour, um, if you have a business, you have to file an annual report in West Virginia. Randy, you would know that, longtime businessman. Oh, yes. And um, it costs you 25 bucks. You go online, 25 bucks. Uh, you can check a couple boxes and you're done. But every year, these these companies send out these uh, big mailings and look very official. And they say, you know, you will now need to file your report and uh, fill out all of these forms and then send it to us for $195 for your annual report. It's just a big scam. It's just a big scam. It's not illegal. It's just a big scam. Mac Warner has been reminding us every year about that, and I remind you about it every year. I mentioned I know this because I have an LLC and. I get these things every year. Bob, I got this text, though. Howard, in your business, do you write off meals? I think I could. Y you know, there is pre precedent, and I'm serious about this. Talk show hosts can write off almost anything. Go to the movies, talk about it on the air, you can write it off. Uh, go to lunch, you can write it off. 
but um, I don't do that. Not, uh, I, not many times in our travels do I remember of you ever saying, hey, I need a receipt for that. Yeah, I just, I'm, you know, I could, could I? Yes, I could, but I, I just, I don't do that. Um, and that's probably why I'm not as rich as Randy Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be that rich. Randy was a longtime businessman in Moundsville. Uh, was on council before, was on council again. You were mayor at one time, right? Yes. And, um, of course, I got to know Randy best when uh, he was... Get closer to your mic. Is that what you're telling him? Okay, get, get closer to your mic. Uh, when uh, I got to know you, when you, it was all the old time radio days. Yeah, we used to uh, spend the 45s, <laughs> as we would say. Uh, but every station did, Howard. You know, there wasn't everybody except for WWVA. Big country, yeah. Big country. But every other station in the valley in the 60s. Late fifties, early sixties, and through into the seventies. You started on uh, e- e- what is what is now thirteen seventy WBOY. Did you start in Moundsville? Yes, it was at that time WMOD, um, and then it changed ownership. Fred Gruy, a name you'll probably remember, sure. bought the knew station. Fred, knew Fred quite well. Yeah, and uh, I went to work first for him, and uh, they changed the call letters to WEIF. We did. They did. Yes. He did. Yeah. Uh, Fred wanted that because he wanted to be able to use the slogan, everybody listens or everyone listens to their wife. I love that. <laughs> I, re- I remember the time. I just thought, what a clever slogan that was. Everyone listens to their wife. Yeah. And he had, uh, I can't recall her last name, but uh, she was a beautiful blonde woman, had a real sexy voice. And she was the one who recorded that phrase. And that's how we signed off at night, you know, with that. Everyone listens to their wife. You uh, eventually moved on up to be one of the good guys. Yeah, I was uh, really, that was early on. Uh, A good friend of mine who I mentioned in the book, uh, Bob Doris, uh, contacted me. And he said, uh, we have an opening at uh, WDK on the weekends. And that's all I was doing in Moundsville at the time. So, you know, getting to move up the station was number one. A lot of good I mean, good disc jockeys there uh, that I could learn from because I was only 19 about that time, <laughs> you know. So the idea of getting to work with those guys uh, was appealing to me. And I went there and uh, a couple of years there doing the all-night show. And that's a hard one to stay awake on all <laughs> night, <laughs> as I experienced twice. Uh, I try working with Howard early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... It's a tough uh, gig, and, and after a while, you kind of do get tired of it, you know, and there wasn't anyone moving on the daytime stuff that you could move Maybe move there. up to. Yeah. People so. don't remember, and this is just, I don't want to spend a lot of time on radio, because as you said to me, not to, when old-time <laughs> radio guys get together, we could do an hour and talk about old-time radio. But people don't remember, and I, I did not, uh, I came just a slightly bit after you were starting, but I started over at WAMP, and, uh, but people don't remember what it meant to work at WK, WK in those times. I mean, it was like going to NBC in New York or something. I mean, a job at WK is what everybody who was in radio or wanted to be in radio aspired to. It was quite the, uh, quite the job. I mean, like I said, I had the pleasure of working with uh, Bob Campo, Herb Allen, Don Ammon, Bob Doris, and the late Don Guthrie. All super guys, all really good radio personalities. And, and Bob and I often talked about this, that at that time, we felt WDK could have been sit down in Chicago, oh, New York, and it would, be, it would have been competitive. It was that good. Not because I was there, 
but but these other guys were really really top notch. No, it it was one of the and it, and it was recognized in the industry as one of the best stations in the country. I mean, it was just, but I say the, the anybody who was and back in those days there were a lot of other radio stations you could work up from WHLO oh. and WEIF or uh, yeah EIF and and WAMP and I think I feel like I'm forgetting something, but. They were like feeder stations, but you, what you wanted to do was someday get there to be at WKWK. And how many guys came out of WEIF? John Dominic yeah. started down there. Jim Roberts started down there. Uh, so it, 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 it was a good launching pad. And, and then it, some of us ended up here. Some of us, <laughs> instead of a launching pad, it's our final crash site here. <laughs> well, irony of ironies, some of those guys, when I was managing the radio station in Moundsville, before I went into the insurance business, I had hired uh, Bob Doris to come back, and he worked there in Moundsville. Uh, Brent Walton, or Bill, and he's passed away, uh, Bill, uh, well, I'll get it, Bill Robbins. That's Bill Robbins, he, yeah. He Robbins. Uh, that was really Brent Walton, but he's since passed. But, um, yeah, that, the, the station really sounded great in Moundsville. Bob had left. I can't remember the story. It was Bob Doris, who was kind of, the, for many people, defined WK. He left he WK. He ended up in Wife for a little bit. We hired him over at Womp, I believe, away from Wife yeah. when Womp FM first went on the air, and we hired Bob over there. So he made his way around, but he was always the he and still is out oh. doing dance. I don't know if he still does dances or not, but he did until very recently at least. And he was just the definitive oh, yeah. disc jockey of of that era. Those were fun days, though, Randy. I, you know, radio. I think Bob and I have fun. I don't care anymore, so I just have. Fun. <laughs> you know, I just have fun. But uh, uh, Radio's not as fun as it used to be. Those were fun days. Those were, and, and, and with talking with other uh, former disc jockeys that I worked with, we always said that the television show, the comedy WKRP in oh. Cincinnati, <laughs> exemplified, you know, radi radio in the 60s. Listen, every single character there except for Lonnie Anderson. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, we I never had a Lonnie Anderson. But every other character there, well, actually, now that I think about it, I did. There was a Lonnie Anderson. But every character there we oh. had. I worked with Les Nessman. I mean, I'm, I you? worked, you know, not by, I worked, the character I, the character Les Nessman <laughs> was a news guy that I worked with. And I mean, really, absolutely Les Nessman. That was a, that was a fun TV show too. We had one of those in Moundsville, uh, Jim Cochran, not Jim Cochran, Dave Cochran. I'm sorry, Dave Cochran worked for us and he was kind of a Les Nessman kind of guy. Uh, very funny. I love that. The best episode, I thought, of that show was the turkey Turkeys. Drop. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, the humanity. <laughs> As God is my witness, I thought they could fly. <laughs> turkeys could fly. But those were those were fun days. Those were fun days. Bob, you were you 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 went to work Willing Park High School, wanted to be in radio, but you you were a little past the days of WK at its heyday, right? When uh Bob Doris might have still been there, but uh, the Duggar was the, the big jock at we the time in the, in the evening. How the heck's your bird, anyways? <laughs> and my neighbor, Ron Plache, might have taken uh, your job because he was like the, the, the weekend guy. He was at WK for a while, a good guy. I remember him. He was in Moundsville. Yeah, he worked there for sure. So, And everybody kind of circulated around for, for a oh, while. Yeah. It was, those, those were fun days. Well, I want to talk about some other stuff. I don't want to, because you're right, we, can, we could spend a ton of time talking about radio. I did, I should have brought, I did at uh, West Liberty, um, 
one of their community education classes several years ago, I did the oral history of Ohio Valley Radio. And I brought some several people in who were involved in it in both radio and television. And it was really fun. People really got a kick out of hearing and learning things. Uh, we're talking about rock and roll radio. People don't realize that WAMP AM was one of the very first news and talk stations in the country. In the country. And probably the first small market station to do it. My boss at the time, Bob Andre, uh, came from a news background. And he, we put on, he put on three hours of news in the morning and uh, talk shows in the midday. Uh, and that was unheard of. There were, you know, you had uh, uh, KDK did a little bit of it. You had uh, WCBS in New York and a couple of other stations in big markets that were talk, uh, news and talk. And uh, but you didn't see it in small markets. So this, the Ohio Valley has been over the years a real trailblazer in radio. WK was recognized in its heyday as one of the best in the country. Uh, Womp AM was one of the earliest news and talk stations. Um, and Womp FM, when it went on the air as Womp FM, it reached uh, the ratings heights. Uh, it was among the most listened to radio stations in the country. So we've had, we've had. Um, well, the granddaddy, don't want to plug them too much, but the granddaddy of them all was uh, the 50,000 watt yeah, WWVA. I, you know, I don't, I don't mention that, but you're right, because that's, that just stands, that almost stands on its own, stands alone. You're absolutely right. I mean, um, but we, this, this, this area has been great in radio. 822, 22 after the hour, Randy Chamberlain is here with me. New book called Memories from Around the Mound. You wrote Around the Mound as a column for the Moundsville Echo a handful of years, right? Well, it started in uh, 2018. Uh, Charlie Walton, who uh, is the publisher of the Echo, a long time, one of the longest publications probably in the country, began back in the 1800s. But um, Charlie was looking for someone to write for him, and he had been advertising for, I don't know, six months to find somebody to write. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll wait till he gets desperate, and then I'll go down and talk to him. You know, <laughs> it's a little better chance. <laughs> yeah, once they're desperate, it's yeah, a little bit yeah, yeah, it got little you, easier I got to get you. in. Yeah. So uh, we, we talked, and uh, I had two ideas. One, that I would cover council meetings for him because he had no one to do that. And I was most comfortable doing that, having been there. And then uh, the other thing was I proposed – this column around the mound. And uh, it, to my amazement, Howard, it took off in, in popularity. And I, I was so surprised. I tell this story in the book, but I, I did a column about um, Connie Francis. And to my amazement, a few weeks after that column appeared, I received an email. I always put my email address uh, and in the, the address, that, yeah, yeah, in the column. And she was sending me an email thanking me for the accuracy of the column. She being Connie Francis? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. It's in the book. and, uh, and uh, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah. She, uh, she, it turned out what happened was she uh, uh, had a friend who used to live in Moundsville who still received the, the echo, echo, as they do all over the country. Um, and so the friend gave her the column, and she just was kind enough to send a very nice, wasn't lengthy, but a very nice thank you. The uh, Echo is, has a place all of its own. It's a very unusual newspaper. It is, to say the least. <laughs> it is. Charlie, uh, to his credit, I don't know how he does it, what he does. I've watched him do it, but I couldn't do it. Um, 
he gets that paper out every day, Monday through Friday. It's truly a community newspaper. Oh, it is, absolutely. It's the, probably one of the few publications that you'll see obituaries on, on the, the front, front page. page. Yep, yep, absolutely, and it's just fun. The late Sam Shaw worked for them. Yes, he, well, he was the owner and publisher. For a long time. Oh, yeah, him and his sister. And, uh, and then when they passed, they passed it on to the Walton family, Charlie's parents. And then they uh, became ill or passed, and, and Charlie took it over. Bob, did you ever know Sam Shaw? I didn't, but I, I heard of him through Donnie Gilbert. He so I, is, Donnie would do things occasionally. I remember the first time I met Sam Shaw. I was covering an event. I was a reporter. I was covering an event at uh, a bank in Moundsville. And it was a controversial thing. Maybe they were shutting down or something. I can't remember. Anyway. And uh, people on the stage said, well, the first thing we want to do is go to the dean of journalism here in town, Sam Shaw. And this little wizened old man with a little stub, he always had a nub of a pencil. That's how he did his writing, a nub of a pencil. And he stood up and he asked some sort of wandering question. And that was my first, (laughs) and it took me a while to understand, this guy's pretty sharp. Oh, he comes. He comes across, came across as sort of a, you know, doddering old fool, but he was no doddering old fool. No. No, no. He was very intelligent. I recall one time being in the city building in Moundsville, and at that time we used to have the fire alarm boxes. Every city did, you know. And there was a big uh, board on the wall of the fire department, a lot of wires and things going here and there and everywhere. And they had a problem with it. It wasn't functioning right. And Sam happened to come in the building. And he said, what's going on? Because we were standing around that big thing. And well, it's, we got a problem, Sam. <clears throat> Sam took out a piece of paper, began to do some doodling, you know, some scratching on this pad of paper. And I had left, but I later learned he figured out the problem. Really? He, oh, yeah. He was, he was no one's fool. He was very smart. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the uh, – some fun stuff in here. Um, I, I want to spend a little time talking about the days of neighborhood groceries. I remember those. I wish they were still around. Moundsville had a lot of them. We'll get into that and much more coming up here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Randy Chamberlain is with us. Uh, he's got a collection of his columns from around the mound called, cleverly enough, Memories from Around the Mound. We'll talk about it coming up. Uh, one of the things I would say over the last you know, 25 years – It's been a long time since I've started, but I started out in different populations as far as inpatient, outpatient, actually did home health for a while. And I think it's important early on to kind of feel the waters. Um, You get great educational experience and you also kind of find your niche as far as who you want to work with and what's going to work out best for you. My name's Mike Ross. I'm a physical therapist. I've been down here at WVU Medicine Reynolds Memorial Hospital for 25 years. Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Doan Ford. 
Hale WV. Off the left side, he'll go in untouched. Touchdown, West Virginia. This Saturday, WVU in Oklahoma go toe-to-toe in Norman. And he's in. It's a touchdown in the end zone. And it is a great day to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Our coverage begins at 4 on the official radio home of Mountaineer football. MSN, the Mountaineer Sports Network. Kids back in school. Leaves change color and cover the ground. And the fall and winter holidays are just over the horizon. Celebrate the season with us every day. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert's bare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I did not know until this week that this was uh, Hank Snow. I know the song, but didn't know it was Hank Snow. 829 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Randy Chamberlain is here with us. He's got a book, Memories from Around the Mound. Might be a good Christmas gift. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. Just little collections of fun stories. Serious stuff, too, but I don't want to talk about the serious stuff. We're going to talk about the fun stuff. Uh, coming up uh, in a minute or two, I want to talk about the time that... Uh, Hollywood came to uh, Moundsville. Uh, also, it's a fun stuff that uh, Randy's written about neighborhood groceries. I want to get into that. And um, in 1960, the entire valley rallied around a big event, and we'll talk about all of that. That's more coming up in a minute or two. But, Bob, let's talk about for the uh, upcoming Frio Stack auction. This is an online auction, um, but it is a coin auction, correct? It is. It's a coin auction, and it, like Howard said, it'll go on until Monday, and then the same routine. They'll start with the first lot, and they'll go through, and they'll close it out, and then four hundred lots of quality bunch coins. Yeah. Quality is the, uh, the the right word here. And then how it works is, uh, it, it closes down on Monday, and then the pickup will be on Thursday. And you can do that at the uh, auction house uh, on Two North Broadway, right over on Wheeling Island. A lot of times I could read to you some of the uh, items that are up for an auction, and I, I would could comment and say they're good, better, and different. Let me be as honest as I possibly can be. I don't know nothing about coins, all right? So let me tell you, go to FrioAndStack.com. It's all one word, FrioAndStack.com, their website, and take a look at all, uh, not all of, but many of the items that are available. These are graded coins, gold, silver, bullion, all of these coins up for auction, online only, FrioAndStack.com. Go and look it over, and then you can register and bid if you would like to. And the bidding closes on this coming Monday, Bob. Is that right? That's correct. And then it will wind down slowly but surely over that. But check that out. Uh, best thing to do is go to FrioAndStack.com. I could tell you that there's going to be uh, American Silver Eagle, uh, very rare, 1986 to eight to 98 American Silver Eagle, NGCMS69. Looks like we have some rubles also, Howard. That's what you need to today's age. Just, a couple Russian rubles. Yeah, gold, couple, but yeah, they're gold. There you go. So I, I could tell you all this stuff, but I don't know what it means. If you're interested, check it out. FrioAndStack.com for the uh, graded coin auction. Gold, silver, and bullion. Uh, it is... Um, Next, it closes up on uh, Monday, but you can check it out right now by going to their website. It's 831, 29 to the hour. More with Randy Chamberlain after we check Ohio Valley headlines. Here's Taylor Long. 
Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this November the 9th. Will Carmen, a convicted murderer from Wheeling, has been handed a life sentence without mercy for the murder of Anor Skoshtag. In addition, Carmen has been ordered to serve a prison term ranging from a minimum of 78 years to a maximum of 100. Carmen was found guilty of first-degree murder, burglary, robbery, and gross child neglect on August 3rd. When delivering the sentence yesterday, Judge David Sims said Carmen, quote, showed no remorse and therefore deserves no mercy. Scotch Tag's mother addressed the court and said Honora was a wonderful mother, a physician, and a peace lover. And concerned citizens voiced their distress over the high euthanasia rates at the Belmont County Animal Shelter at a recent town hall meeting. Questions were raised about the banning of volunteers and rejection of potential adopters amidst claims of overcrowding. Despite the nationwide issue of shelter overcrowding, J.B. Dutton stated that Belmont County's rate is below the Ohio average of 7%. Former volunteers cited a pattern of intimidation by dog warden Lisa Duvall, leading to a significant staff overturn. Commissioners clarified that a disagreement between volunteers is why they were let go. They also stated that they would look into the concerns brought up last night and get back to the public. And we're still looking for remarkable women who make a positive difference in our community. If you have someone in your life, we encourage you to nominate her for our Remarkable Woman Contest. Just visit WTRF.com and click on the Contest tab. There you will see the Remarkable Woman section where you can nominate a woman of your choice. But remember, you cannot nominate yourself. And the official start of Christmas is tonight at Ogilvy with the switch on of the Festival of Lights. I will be there, so will Brenda Danehart and, of course, the West Banco President and CEO Jeff Jackson, along with Santa Claus. We will have all the coverage tonight at 5 and 6. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Taking a deep dive inside Oklahoma Sooner football. What's going on there? Hey, everybody, I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb-roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use Simple Truth wild-caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Let's play with some numbers on today's report as the Mountaineer football team gets ready to try and record what would be its most impressive win so far this season against Oklahoma. Let's start off with this one. The Sooners have lost two straight. So when was the last time they lost three in a row? I thought I'd have to do some digging on that one, but actually it just happened last season. They lost to K-State, TCU, and Texas in succession. They finished up the year with a 6-7 and seven record, and that included a loss to WVU. So they started this season on a roll. They win seven straight. 
ranked number six in the country, a legitimate chance to win the league and make the college football playoff. But back-to-back losses to Kansas and Oklahoma State have dropped them to number 17. So what's going on? Well, defensively, they're not as dominating as they were early. First four games, Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, and Cincinnati, they allow an average of nine points. Last four games against Texas, UCF, Kansas, and Oklahoma State, they're giving up 31 points per game. That's a 22-point swing. Obviously, better competition, and they've been dealing with injuries on that side. Over on offense, first four games, they're averaging 47 points per game. Last four, 31 points per game, 16-point swing. And another set of numbers. The betting line has West Virginia as a 13-point underdog. Well, so far this season, West Virginia is 6-3 against the spread. In other words, 66% of the time they've exceeded the expectation, which is exactly what they hope to do on Saturday night. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. What if your bank offered new checking and savings accounts with a very low balance required, online bill pay, and debit cards issued right away? I would like that. What if that bank had extended hours every business day and were open on Saturdays and most holidays? That's incredible. And if all their accounts had low fees or no fees? That's money in the bank the right bank. Open your checking and savings account at Main Street Bank. You deserve a bank this good. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Trio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free on-site consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant. With Bob Slider behind the board, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. It don't hurt anymore. All my teardrops are dried. No more walking the floor with that burning inside. Well, this is more than what I said, the traditional... That's honky-tonk music. That's the honky-tonk kind of country music. <laughs> I was thinking I was supposed to... Uh, last year, last hour stuff. 8.38.22 to the hour here, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, coming up next hour, we're going to shift into serious gear. Rabbi Joshua Lee from Temple Shalom is going to join us talking about anti-Semitism. And uh, is there been, has there been a rise in it locally and certainly probably countrywide uh, in the wake of the Hamas attack on Israel? We'll talk about that uh, with Rabbi Leaf And uh, David DeWitt from the Ohio Capital Journal is in to talk about this week's uh, constitutional amendment votes for uh, abortion access and um, uh, recreational marijuana. So that's coming up next hour. Serious stuff there. But we're having fun this hour with Randy Chamberlain wheeling. Um, I've, every time I say, I've said that a dozen times. Why do I say that? Moundsville, a councilman, a former businessman, one time a big time rock and roll radio disc jockey, and a friend of mine. And we're talking about this book he's written, which is a collection of of columns he wrote for the Moundsville Echo, called Around the Mound. In my neighborhood it, um, in uh, Wheeling, before 
the interstate came through in Elm Grove and tore the whole neighborhood apart. Uh, at the top of my street, nice little resident, at the top of it was Red's Grocery. Just a little neighborhood grocery where you went for your soda pop. I could buy the comic books. You can get some soup. Right there, smack dab in the middle of neighborhoods. Once upon a time, Randy, and your, your story here says that there were as many as 100 neighborhood grocery stores in Moundsville once? Yes. Uh, Bill Holt, who uh, delivered and was a salesman for Hostess, and he stopped at the little neighborhood grocery store that I worked in. Uh, we ran into each other, oh, I don't know, it's been probably, well, before, right before the book was worked on. And he said, I had 100 stops in Moundsville. <laughs> and I, can, I have no problem believing that at all because I knew, I mean, we had within where I lived uh, three or four neighborhood stores. Your uh, title, the uh, the uh, column is one in every neighborhood, and there really was. There oh, was yeah. one in every neighborhood. Now these were in the days before the interstate, before the towns were connected, before really the, um, you know, the big supermarkets and so on. There were some they began to go, but everybody had their own neighborhood grocery store. We had an AMP in Moundsville, and we had a Kroger, and we had about three or four state food stores throughout the town. But then everything else was a mom and pop store. And you carried a little bit of everything. You couldn't, you didn't have the space to carry a lot of anything, but you right. had a little bit of everything, you know. You worked in, a, in one of them? Yeah. Um, I started at the B&K Market on 8th Street in Moundsville and uh, as a teenager, putting up pop bottles, you know, cleaning the meat slicer and things like that. And uh, later I owned half interest in that store. Oh, really? The owner that I... Well, you were an entrepreneur <laughs> from day one, weren't you there, Randy? <laughs> well, Bill Alvarez and Kenny Whitworth owned the store when I worked there as a teenager. And Kenny retired, and uh, his partner, Bill, called me and asked me if I would be interested. And I, I did. I did it for about four years, four or five years. But then uh, the hours are something to <laughs> that are amazing. We opened at 8 in the morning, stayed open till 10 at night, seven days a week between two people, yeah, you don't have a life. And as we were starting to have a family, uh, I decided I needed to do something else. The neighborhood grocery store, again, back in those days, it was a lot more than just a place to go to get a can of soup. I mean, it was kind of a gathering place. It was. It was a, it it was was. a place to catch up on, I don't know if neighborhood gossip's the right word. That's but. what the right word, that's the right word. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what was going on in the neighborhood for sure. And, um, uh, again, one in every neighborhood. I had a friend of mine I, you, uh, who grew up in Moundsville, and he said that there was one store he used to go to that was actually in the basement of somebody's house. The house was upstairs, and you, but you went in the basement, and there was a— Scotty's Grocery. Maybe over, that's what—I don't yeah, know what it was. Over on uh, Elm or—I can't recall the street for sure that it was on, Ashram maybe— but anyway, yeah, Scottish Grocery, they had a, uh, the store downstairs and lived upstairs. You know, I am, I recognize progress. I really do. And I, I love being nostalgic at the time of the old days. In general, I, I say, look, let's let the old days be the old mm. days. But you know what? I would love to see a return to the neighborhood grocery. I mean, I, I think there's value in that. And I think it, economic value, too. I mean, I think you could see neighborhood groceries come back again, at least in certain neighborhoods. If you're willing to put in the hours that it takes because you have to be there, you have to live it, you know. And the profit margin isn't enough to have 10 employees. No, right. not at all. And uh, one thing we had back in those days, uh, those little stores often gave credit. 
And that was really yes, important yes. because we had a lot of industry then, a lot of uh, factory workers, and from time to time there would be a work stoppage, a strike, and they needed credit. And you couldn't go to Kroger or A&P and get credit. And so the little neighborhood grocery store kept them afloat for the duration of their strike. Trying to think, Bob, you can help me with this. When were, what were the first of the predecessors of the supermarkets? We had A&P out in Elm Grove. There was Buy Right was out now. Remember Buy Right? I can barely remember that. That went down when with the, the interstate. interstate came I remember through. Super Dollar over in Elm Terrace. Yeah. Al Tridelphia had a like a Super Dollar. Of course, we had the AMP. And I just, my vision of Kruger Street back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, you had what, two or three, maybe not big blowed out stores, but at you the had top, the I lived candy on, store. I lived on Center Avenue and the top of Center Avenue, first of all, there was Kimball's Grocery, which really was almost a candy store. And across the street, Schaefer's Grocery, just a little mom-and-pop grocery store. Up the road, where I used to get my comic books, was Gardner's Grocery, which is uh, now an insurance uh, uh, company, I think. Um, but, yeah, on Kruger Street, we had A&P kind of anchored things down yeah, at the far but end. But at least, as I'm thinking, one, two, three, at least four groceries on the Kruger Street area. And that's what just hit me, Howard. You know, like you said, the big AMP had the big corner lot. Everybody knew they were there. If you went on to Elm Terrace, you had the Super Dollar. But yet, after those mom and pop stores closed down, Convenient came in the and Farm Fresh came in. So look, think about all those groceries. The convenience took, and Randy, you can, I think the convenience kind of became the successor to the neighborhood grocery store. It was yeah, not it a full fledged In and out, is that what it was? But it was still a. It was still a kind of a neighborhood grocery, but and they it, combined. It was a convenience, which the neighborhood grocery stores were, too. We didn't sell uh, a lot of families their entire week of groceries. Mm-hmm. Our prices had to be higher to survive, you know. So they were paying by coming in and getting their milk and bread and lunch meat. They were paying a little bit more than they would have at Kroger or AMP. But it was the convenience. Sure. That they didn't have to get all dressed up. They could go across the street in their pajamas, you know, to get a gallon of yeah. milk. And, and then, of course, that happens now at Walmart. My grandmother. <laughs> they go to Walmart in their pajamas, pajamas. Yeah. My grandmother would have never left the house without being made up, with yeah. her girdle on, being made up. She would have never, it would have taken a gun to get her to do that. But uh, that's just the way it was then. People didn't go to the store unless they were uh, dressed up, like Randy just said. Go to some of the larger cities, uh, New York, uh, D.C., um, they, they, the name they have is they call them bodegas, which are really just neighborhood grocery stores. Oh, okay. And um, I've been saying for a long time here, as Wheeling begins to develop more downtown, we need a couple of bodegas downtown. Just a little neighborhood grocery in one end, you know, down here in the southern end of the town, one on the northern end. The new Doris Apartments need some place to shop. Not going to go to Kroger. I mean, you will go to Kroger for your weekly groceries, but yeah. someplace to get bread and milk. And I, I think so. I, I think there could be a resurgence of that. Let's take a break, and when we come back, um, we had them all the way. <laughs> we we had them all the way. I remember that phrase. And in 1960, we certainly did. We'll talk about that next on the Watchdog Morning Show. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. 
Looking to buy or sell a home? For a reliable, experienced agent that has been serving the tri-state area for over 30 years, contact Denise Pavlik, Realtor Salesperson with Paul Associates in the Glendale Marshall County office at 304-281-5250. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information, or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuard West Virginia. Kids back in school, leaves change color and cover the ground, and the fall and winter holidays are just over the horizon. Celebrate the season with us every day. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. That big eight-wheeler rolling down the track means you're too loving dandy ain't coming back because I'm moving on. I'll soon be gone. You are flying too high for my little old sky, so I'm moving on. 49, 11 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, Randy Chamberlain is here with us. He's got a, a compilation of his columns around the mound put into a new book called Memories from Around the Mound. Uh, this will be available soon for yeah. purchase, correct? Yes, it's uh, tomorrow or Friday. I'm sorry. Tomorrow's Friday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, he's like us, Bobby. He doesn't remember what day of the week it is. Okay, There's I got gotcha. you. so much going on with the book. Yeah. But Saturday is the official kickoff, and uh, it'll be uh, – at several locations, uh, Moundsville Pharmacy, Frame and Fortunes on Jefferson, and it'll also be at the Echo Office. This is a uh, this is the kind of thing that I think is great to get for Christmas. You know, I love oh. per, I love personal things like this, memories of nostalgia. And so this would be a great uh, Christmas gift. Hey, hey, Bob, I don't know if you knew this. You know, there was something big happening in 1960. Now there were a lot of big things that happened in 1960, but. You know what the one thing that happened in 1960 was? That's the day that Maz shut down the town. <laughs> we had them all the way, says Randy in the title of his column. Well, that was a phrase from Bob Prince. The late, great the Bob Prince. The legendary Bob Prince. Um, but, you know, one thing that's really interesting in there, and I share this in the book, there would not be a tape of that World Series, that seven-game series, had it not been for the pirate owner, Bing Crosby. Bing was superstitious, and I'd share this in the book. And so when the Pirates got in the World Series, he took his family on a European tour, and he wanted to see He, he wanted to see the game, so he had a friend uh, uh, take a television, uh, well, he used the television set with a camera in front of it. What did they call that? Kines kin oh, kinescope? Kinescope, kinescope yeah. 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 And so that's why there exists uh, most of that game, except I think there's a half an inning that's, that's not there. <clears throat> you remember that pretty well, Bob? Well, I don't because I wasn't born until 1962, but yes. Well, I mean, oh, okay, I'm no I thought you oh, – so, well, my God, every time we talk about it, you, re you, you have memories well, of this. Well, that was big. I mean, sure, everybody remembers that team, even though, uh, you know, most of those guys were gone with the exception of Clemente. When I uh, got to be a fan in the, in the middle to late 60s, uh, most of those guys were long gone. 
And Mazeroski also, he was around. And the um, uh, again in the, the you know we we miss some of the old days, the days of the 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 uh, clearly Homer announcer like Bob Prince are gone from radio and television anymore. Everybody now wants to be a you know an announcer kind of guy. Yeah. You still have like a few that are, but there was nobody like Bob Prince. There was nobody like Bob Prince. I heard an announcer when Pittsburgh and Bob Prince parted ways. This guy was an announcer, sports announcer, and they said, you know, what do you think? Would you like to take Bob Prince's place? He says, no. He said, I'd like to take the place of the guy who takes, takes Bob place. Prince's place. <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, the guy's name was Milo Hamilton, yeah. and uh, I – I didn't care for him just because he was the guy that replaced the yeah. gunner. Yeah. Now, his sidekick was a, a young Lanny Fateri at the time, and people liked him, but Milo Hamilton just never really hit the spot in, in Pittsburgh. Nobody liked him. <laughs> well, no, yeah, no, first place, nobody could ever replace the gunner. And secondly, Milo Hamilton, I remember that, he was just much more of a straight shooter of an announcer. You know, you didn't have any chicken on the hill. You know, you didn't have any green weenies. Or, One of the worst calls ever is when Henry Aaron broke a Babe Ruth, and that's Milo Hamilton, and he says, uh, well, nobody can remember what he says. That's, yeah, nobody, that's, that, that's a good point. Eight to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Many people still talk about, people in Moundsville and around the area, still talk about the day when Hollywood came to town down in the mountain town. Well, it came there twice, once for the Night of the Dead, and then the... Uh, that was before even I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Mitchum uh, starred in that. Uh, yeah, when, uh, when Jimmy Stewart and George Kennedy and a young Kurt Russell uh, came to Moundsville to make Fool's Parade, and it was, it was quite the event. I am told that, uh, from people who were there, that one of the really interesting things about it is that they, they, the, the big stars, and they were big stars at the time, just kind of hobnobbed with the locals. They would eat with the locals. They would talk to the locals. They, you know, the, these days, if you see somebody come to town for um, a, make a movie, and we still have that occasionally, they kind of want to get off to themselves and don't want to be part of the crowd. But they, I understand they just, they just were part of the crowd. They were. They uh, fed them on the courthouse lawn. And people would go up to them and uh, let them eat their meal. But, I mean, they were very friendly. They'd take their pictures with them. Uh, Do scrapbooks exist, Randy, of uh, folks down there that spent time with Jimmy Stewart, maybe had home movies? Do, oh, do you know if anybody pictures. has a really pictures. nice I've collection? I've seen pictures of that, yeah. yeah. I've seen, uh, my father-in-law's antique car was in the movie. He wasn't, but the antique car was. <laughs> they used a lot of locals in the movie. Uh, Kitty Depkin. Yes. I knew Kitty. Uh, I loved Kitty Depkin. Wrote for the newspaper. Yep. Kitty Jefferson Depkin. Yep. Um, she was a bank teller, if I remember correctly, or a, she secretary was, to the uh, Mr. Grind staff somewhere yeah. in the bank. Yeah, she, was, yeah. she had a few lines in the movie. Yeah, she actually got a couple of words in there. Yeah, she did. Uh, I loved. Uh, I loved Kitty. We got to be good friends. Um, uh, but this was a gigantic deal for. Uh, it was. They uh, they oftentimes passed the radio station. Studios every day going down to shoot at the railroad station, the old B and O station, and uh, it was it was quite the event. I mean, uh, you don't have all of that coming into your community every day. And the reason was because of the prison, right? The story oh, was yeah. around the prison, so why not go to Moundsville, West Virginia? Jimmy Stewart and George. Uh, uh, let's see, what's uh, George, George Kennedy? Kennedy. Not, yeah, not George. Well, he played the, Struther Martin was uh, Struther Martin. Struther was, Martin. Uh, Struther Martin and Jimmy Stewart and Kurt Russell were just getting released from prison. That's how the movie begins. And uh, George Kennedy's character is a 
he's uh, kind of a bad guy in the movie. Um, but it, uh, it had a good crew, good cast, and I think the uh, movie didn't, uh, I don't know, at the box office, I don't know that it did all that great. But it Fool's was, Parade was the name, correct? Fool's Parade, yes, Fool's Parade. And Baxter was in it. Correct me if I am wrong, and I might be. It was not made of. It's hard to find these days. You can't. It, it was not made available for, like, video on demand. I don't know if it's still. I don't think it's streaming anymore. I, I remember that, that you, you couldn't find copies of it. The libraries had copies. I remember Moundsville yeah. Library had a copy, and and people said, well, if you want to see it, you can yeah. get the copy from there. TNT uh, showed it uh, periodically on April Fool's Day. Excuse me? TNT used to show the movie on April Fool's Day because of being Fool's Parade. Oh, Fool. Okay, I was thinking, all right, I didn't get that. I thought, were, were they, were they yeah. making fun of Moundsville? What? No. <laughs> oh, I got you. Okay, that makes sense. They that makes sense. They used to do that. Um, yeah, I think what I had heard was that Ann Baxter did not like the way she appeared in the movie. I think that's right. That's what I heard, too. And yeah. she would not sign a release. And so for a long time, they could not uh, put it out on VHS. Or, I don't know that they ever did, Howard. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, don't, I don't think they, uh, again, the last time I remember, because I remember looking into this at one point. Now, this has been several years ago. Yeah. Uh, the best that was available was there were copies of it at the library. Yeah, TNT might, uh, might have it in their, their uh, book of movies that they sell, you know, online. I'm not sure because they air it. Yeah. But whether they've had the right to reproduce it or not, I don't know. Well, Randy, we've got a couple minutes left. I picked the stories that I thought were interesting, the nostalgia trips I wanted to take. Anything that you want to uh, add to the list? Well, one thing about the uh, Pirates and the Yankees series, no one expected the Pirates to win. I mean, when you look at the lineup the Yankees had, Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, uh, I mean, they just had Roger Maris, uh, Elston Howard, they had such a powerful lineup that just no one was giving the Pirates a chance. And then the other thing that comes to mind was throughout that summer, there was a uh, band, Benny Banak, and I can't remember his last name or the rest of the band, but he had a song called Beat 'em Bucks. And they played that thing constantly throughout that entire <laughs> summer on KDKA, and, uh, which was the flagship station. And uh, it, it, it really caught on. Yeah. You know? Randy, great book. Uh, fun memories. Uh, again, there's some other stuff in here, more serious things. There's just some time devoted to the Kennedy assassination. There's some time devoted to uh, Cold War. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, a couple other serious issues. I didn't want to get into those today. I wanted to have more fun with this nostalgia stuff. But uh, I, again, this would be a great Christmas gift. I'm not trying to sell it for Randy, but I'm just telling you, I, I, I love when there are local connections. This is a local person writing a book about local happenings. Be a great gift to give to somebody, and um, it will be available starting this weekend. This Saturday, it's uh, we had a few advanced copies out, but uh, the bulk of them will be available on Saturday. Uh, Memories from Around the Mound, Tokens of a Thriving Town, uh, written by Randy Chamberlain. Um, Randy, appreciate you coming by today. Always good to see you. Also available on uh, Amazon. Oh, Amazon very important. Books, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yes, so, good. So you can get it at Amazon. Great. Well, thank you, Howard. I appreciate it. Enjoyed getting together with you. All right, I appreciate it. Uh, it's just about 9 o'clock. ABC is going to cover the world for us coming up next. Then we're going to get serious next hour. We're going to talk about the uh, uh, constitutional amendments approved in Ohio. David DeWitt from the Ohio Capital Journal coming by. And Rabbi Joshua Leaf from the... Uh, Temple Shalom is going to be with us to talk about anti-Semitism. That's uh, coming up in hour number tray of the Watchdog Morning Show for a Thursday.
Lots of me, baby, when you've had your play, you're gonna want your daddy, but your daddy will say, keep moving on. He stayed away too long. I'm through with you, too bad you're blue, keep moving on. Watchdog is FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling. FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News, I'm Derek Dennis. A four-letter word uttered at last night's Republican presidential debate 